Welcome to another episode of Backlash Podcast. This week we are going to talk to Chase Gibson and Jeff Schulte. And it's weird, ironic, however you want to say, deja vu. They want to have, they want to put out a message, an announcement, so to speak. It feels like we just did not that long ago. But that's, we're, you know, this episode is going to be a little bit different than, than the typical episodes. We're going to talk a little bit about, you know, the musky industry, kind of the insides of the musky industry. And not, I, I very highly doubt that there will be anything within this episode that will actually help you catch another musky. There are times where, especially during the winter time, where people just they, people are interested about the musky industry in general, like how it works, the inner workings, like you know the behind the scenes type stuff. And so we're going to go through some of that this week, and I think that you'll find find it interesting in some cases. And you know we'll get back to your regularly scheduled ba- backlash podcast episodes next week. But for this week, this is what we're, what we're going to do. We're going to change it up a little bit. And we are, you know, speaking of what we have going on, we're going to be at the Milwaukee Muskie Expo, February 16th, 17th, and 18th. So if you're one of the handful of listeners that listens on Wednesday or Thursday to this podcast, even Friday morning listeners, make plans to see us there. It's at the uh, Washington County Fair Park in West Bend, Wisconsin. It's kind of irritating to call it Milwaukee because that's where it used to be, even though we're really nowhere near Milwaukee. We're a little half an hour further north so check it out 16th 17th 18th 18th we'll be at the milwaukee muskie expo brad what's going on these days you ready for the expo you got everything packed up you ready to go yeah we we have everything ready to go we've been prepared for the shows quite early this year which is awesome because we're busy doing other orders so it's been a positive that we got got ahead of the game a little bit this year I'm afraid that between Milwaukee and the Minnesota show, I'll probably have to put some more time and energy into it. But for the most part, we're ready to go and we're ready to rock in Milwaukee. Yeah, that one is a difficult transition from Milwaukee to Minnesota. And then for us, we go back to back. So you go from Minnesota to Wausau, you know, back to back weeks. That That's the toughest one yet. But I, li- I like the way this works. We kind of just get started in the show season a little bit with, you know, Chicago. And then we get a nice little break to go to Milwaukee. And then it gets a little tighter. Going to going to uh, Minnesota, and then it gets a little bit tighter yet when we when we finish it up. And oddly enough, like almost you know a month from this weekend, we're going to be wrapping it up already. So as fast as it started, it's almost over. But it's been it's been a good trip so far. Hopefully that it continues in Milwaukee this weekend. It'll be a, a good time. I'm looking forward to getting out there and talking to everybody. We will be doing a live podcast out of the Musky Mayhem Tackle booth on Friday night at about six forty five. Brad, we didn't talk about it. We didn't finalize any details, but I think we're still going to try to do something with the uh, Backlash Podcast Facebook page, right? So you want to try to do a Facebook Live during that whole podcast, which I think would present a whole different avenue, right? The idea is, is that maybe they can ask questions directly to Facebook Live as we're doing the podcast. And I think that could be a really cool option, Jeff. Yeah, I'm not sure what type of audio we'd hear out of it or whatever, but we'll certainly give it a shot and see. At least, uh, you know, we can have some people with potentially give us a little bit more interaction on it, too. You know, the one thing about it is we we chose a time at the Muskie Expos where typically it's not a very busy time. That's why we do it later during the Expo. Whereas if we'd done it at, you know, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, we'd certainly have more people. But that kind of defeats the purpose of why we're there. So we're trying to fill it in during a dead time. And so many people aren't willing to stick around that late. 
But so I, I think if we did it, we could potentially get a little bit better uh, crowd interaction or, or, you know, some comments and, and things like that, that will uh, help facilitate the conversation a little bit better. Yeah. And, then, and then likewise, I hope that there's some uh, potential people, listeners that stick around and do ask some questions live as well. So that that's always fun. And it makes things way easier when there is a bunch of people standing around and they get to participate in this whole podcast atmosphere and get to ask some of the guides that we have surrounding us those questions that they really want to know. I do think we offer up preferential treatment to questions being asked by the people that are actually there live in attendance. So I think we're going to do that for sure. Agreed. Yep. All right. You know, so we're going to jump into this episode. Once again, I want to remind everybody to come check us out in Milwaukee. And if you're still looking for gear, if you can't make it out to Milwaukee and you're looking for gear for your next musky fishing adventure, make sure you check out teamrhinooutdoors.com. A couple of new things. Hopefully they'll be on the website by the time everything will be on the website by the time you hear this. But we, let's see, what are we going to get? 10 inch adjustable weighted wood suics. Those are new for suic lures this year. We'll hopefully have those at the show. We'll also hopefully have some online at that point. We just got a couple new colors in for Livingston Lures. So if you're looking for a flipper or a jerk master, a headhunter, you can find those. We, what else have we got? AFCO hoodies, those should be restocked as well. They sold quickly at the show and online. So hopefully we'll be able to feed both the website and we'll have some at the show. I know we're going to prioritize the show at this point. So those, those will be there. And the Stinger Glide Baits from VK Lures, formerly the Stinger used to be with Fat AZ Musky Products. That one should also be at the show and also hopefully it will be online. And one last thing, Bangerang Soul Searchers. If you, that's been a very popular bait when we've been able to get them. It's a uh, smaller crankbait. So those hopefully will arrive in time for the show. And if they don't, we will just put them all online after the show. Otherwise, we also are going to try to split both. We'll put do uh, some online and some to the show, but the ones that go online won't go on until after the show. So you're, if you want the very first chance at a soul, search, soul searcher from Bangerang, assuming they come in on time, make sure you check out the show first. That's going to be your first option. And Brad, I got left you hanging there for a little bit because, again, I took up more than my 30 seconds. You go ahead and uh, let's talk about Muskie Mayhem Tackle. Well, I'll make it quick and simple. <laughs> you can reach out to muskymayhemtackle.com. You can build your customs right online as well as any of the shows that we participate in. And so, you know, it's a cool process. It allows people to be creative. They can do it online or while we're at a show. Come check us out. Pretty much can design or build anything that you want in our lineup, as well as all of our other standard colors and and size baits so check out the website check us out at the show looking forward to seeing all the people that i get to see once a year at these shows and truly enjoy having that time to visit one-on-one with some of those people and if you want to see musky mayhem tackle products in use in some of it in custom colors from team rhino outdoors check out both kotv keys outdoors and mayhem's 10,000 casts Brad, you talk about Mayhem's 10,000 casts every week. So check that out on YouTube and the KOTV channel. And so you can find, uh, you know, our our products from Team Rhino Outdoors, Musky Mayhem Tackle products in use on both of those TV shows. So check that out as well. I think that wraps it up, Brad. So we might as well just uh, slide into our conversation we had with Chase and Jeff. That sounds like a plan. 
All right. Our guests this week are Chase Gibson and Jeff Schulte. And I got to say, it feels a little bit like deja vu, boys. We did this in episode 204 on January 11th of 2023, but... I mean, one of you two's got to make an announcement. Let's let's just jump right into it. Yeah, for sure. It it definitely went by quick. And the announcement, fellows, is that I have sold Musky Bumper to Jeff Schulte. It happened quick. It was only a year, pretty much just a little bit over a year. I kept it. Lots of growing pains through that whole year. Lots of learning experiences. <clears throat> Wouldn't take anything back, but. I definitely made up my mind by the end of the year and I found an awesome, awesome dude to continue to make the best musky measuring board there is, as well as walleye boards. But he will do a great job. I have no no doubt in my mind and he'll probably do it way better than I did. All right. Well, Chase, you picked up the you picked up the mic first or whatever. So we'll let's talk let's talk to you. First off, you know, how how quickly did you come to this decision that you wanted out i mean did you know this was something that you were thinking about much earlier or was it you know a little downtime this this off season and you're like yeah I, I don't think i want to do another season of this let's talk about how you made this decision well i mean i stuck with it as, as you know as being your your own business owner there's definitely lots and lots of hurdles you have to overcome every day and i i made it through there with good friends talking to brad talking to jeff actually both of them got me through a lot of the stuff that i was getting really stressed out about overcame all those hurdles and just throughout the year of, of just not really getting to fish as much as I wanted to, or if I did work enough to get ahead to where I could go fishing, when I went fishing, all I could think about was the business. And it kind of took away the the whole reason I go fishing is just to go out, catch fish, and not have to worry about anything in the world. And I wasn't too pleased with that. And it was like that pretty much all year. And, and a lot of you guys listening, or I'm hoping that you're watching May and 10,000 Cast. If you watch that, it, it probably gets a little bit redundant of us talking. We're saying, oh, we're getting the work done, then we're going to go out and go fishing. A lot of these shoots that, are, that were shot that were in Minnesota, close to Brad's house or close to my house, those were filmed in four to five hours in the evening after we got all of our work done and we run to the lake as fast as we can and try to film something for you guys. So just just the whole reason of of not being able to fish as much because anyone that knows me knows that I literally all I think about is fishing and that is my true passion. And with the whole filming thing of really wanting to grow Mayhem's a thousand casts and make it what I see it being here in five to ten years, I need a lot more focus on it as well. So me and Brad can elevate it to the next level. So Musky Bumper was taking up a lot of my time. I still, like I said, I, I do not regret ever buying that business. It's an amazing business. It took a lot of back and forth with myself of figuring out whether if selling was a good idea or a bad idea. And basically, I came down to it. 23 years old. I've got all my life ahead of me left. And right now is the time of my life that I need to make decisions. And And these big, hard decisions, I've made them before in my life. I mean, didn't go to college believed that I could probably guide, even though there was no one guiding in West Virginia, went out on a limb, started guiding, found success extremely quick, got a list of amazing clients. And then I decided that I wanted to try the musk bumper deal, try to get something in the industry again, as a lot of the listeners probably have always thought about getting into making baits or getting into something else. Well, Two of my very good friends are bait makers, and they've talked me out of making baits, so I look for something different. Well, I found Musky Bumper, got into that. Great business, like I said. I tried it for a year. 
decided it really wasn't truly for me, for my passions and where my head's at. So decided to get rid of it and I'm going to make a stab back at guiding. And I'm very, very excited about that. I've got a lot of clients that have been patiently waiting all year for me to get back on the water to get them back in my boat. So I'm very excited for this year coming. All right. Well, that's going to bring a couple other questions for me. So first off, what I want to, what everybody else is going to know is what did you do or what are you going to do with the millions of dollars that you're going to make off the sale of Muskie Bumper? Because we all know these companies are all worth millions. Well, Jeff, you know, with all the millions of dollars that I just got, I'm going, first thing I'm going to buy is a Ranger 621 wheel boat. And next thing I'm going to buy is when you decide to sell Team Rhino here in a year or so, I'm guessing, I'm going to buy that from you. Nice. So then let's say year of 2025. So like 2026, I should be able to buy it back, right? Uh, unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> probably the way I do things. <laughs> All right. You know, I was just wondering. I mean, I figure it's, <laughs> it's only, I mean, the way this works, right? There's a pattern here, you know, so some, some little bit of commitment issues you have, you know, there aren't many women listening to this podcast, so they, they won't pick up on that, but um, yeah. Obviously, we're being sarcastic. There's not millions of dollars to be made off of, I, I feel like, any of these businesses in the musky world. But Not at all. They're not nearly, we don't make nearly as much as everyone thinks. That is one thing Brad told me when I bought this thing. He said, good, now everyone's going to think you're a millionaire. I didn't really understand. I mean, I knew what he meant, but not really. And then as the year goes on, everybody's reaching out and congratulating you on the business and then some guys hint around trying to ask you how much money you're making and stuff and then when you get down to it you actually tell them if you do they're like really that's all <laughs> and it's, it's like why would you do that well that's because you get to make your own hours but what i learned about having your own business is when having your own business yeah you get to make your own hours but you know what that means i know you do jeff you get to work all day every day monday through sunday mm-hmm. there is no time off you, you got to work to make money so, like I said, that that's a good learning point that I had from that is just learning the value of work better than I did and realizing how good I had at guiding out there on that lake, even though I got frustrated many days, wouldn't, wouldn't take it away from nothing. So going back to that. I mean, I totally understand. You know, you said something about how you'd be on the water thinking about the business and I totally get where you're at. I mean, it got to the point, I would say... Oh, three, four years ago, probably. I, I mean, my, my phone, will, you know, I fish with Steve Jensen and he'll say it to you all the time. He's like, I don't know how you do it. And it, it got to a point where I ended up getting my own personal cell phone number. So that way, if I really was on the water and I didn't want to be reached by anything having to do with Team Rhino Outdoors, I could literally just take my personal cell phone with me and like a very limited number of people know the number and they could give me a call in that way. I, I could be still connected, you know, if there was an emergency or whatever, my family wanted to know if I was dead or whatever, and I didn't have to get emails or Facebook messages or YouTube messages or, you know, phone calls or whatever. So I, mean, I totally get it. It's, it's, it's a difficult balance. And I think some people, you know, they, they look at it and they think it's all roses and I'm not trying to paint a negative picture of it, but it's not, you know, we're kind of pulling back this, the, the curtain a little bit to show you the other side of the musky industry. And I mean, that's the reality of the musky industry. It's everyone's like, Oh yeah, I want to do it because I want to be in the industry and I want to fish more and all that stuff. And I mean, Chase, you just said it, you don't fish more. No, you fish less. I, I literally fish the least amount of days last year that I ever have in my entire life completely. Ever since I started muskie fishing last year, I was on the water less than I ever have. 
I did well for some reason on the days that I was out, probably because I was trying so hard to catch fish. But you know, I, I know exactly what's me with that phone. And, and you know the ding, the, the Shopify ka-ching sound. And I remember buying it off Jeremy. And the first, the first order went through when I was still at his house. And he said, awesome. He said, you got your first order. And so is that what that is? He said, yeah. He said, you're going to learn to love that sound. And I don't want to sound unappreciative, but that sound got a little old when you're out there fishing and you're, the thing's going ba-ding, ba-ding, every once in a while. And you're like, God, as soon as I get home, I got to pack this order and get it out tomorrow. So now you're thinking, man, I can't fish as late as I want to because I need to get to work tonight or I have to get up really early in the morning which doesn't really typically work very well for me. So I'm, I'm more of a night owl, but I know exactly what you mean about the notifications. Yep, definitely. You know, let's, let's talk about it. We're, we will eventually go down your future plans and we'll talk to Jeff about it too. Cause I have my own concerns about his sanity by deciding to do this as well. But let's, let's first talk about, you know, like what's something that you learned about yourself during this process that, you know, was either good or bad. Well, I learned, I learned about, you know, how you see on, I'm sure a lot of people listening, see on social media talking and there's all these motivational guys on there and they're talking about how to stay motivated and all this and all this. And and I learned very quickly being a self-driven person isn't an easy thing to do. And I learned how to, cause, cause the problem was I had my business in the garage. So I don't get up, get my car and drive to work and have to be there at a certain time. I'm my own boss. It's all in my own time. Well, that makes it kind of hard. And it, it makes it made me realize, well, maybe I am lazy. Maybe I'm not lazy. I can't be lazy. I'm working these many hours. But you lay in bed and you lay in bed and you're like, God, I got to get up and go build those boards. And it just became very tough for me. I had to find that balance and had to really get in my own head to get myself motivated to go out there and do the same thing every day and just try to get ahead, try to get ahead, try to get this order out. It, it taught me a lot about discipline and motivation in your own in your own body and i've always felt that i've done really well about motivating motivating myself and and working hard but it's a different thing when it's something that you really you don't mind doing but it's not your absolute passion when it came to fishing or guiding i could i could fish 48 hours i I don't care how many hours i could fish every day all day no matter what no matter where i'm going no matter who's getting in my boat it didn't matter with this, it wasn't my true passion. So I did have a little bit of a struggle at certain times when when I couldn't see the lights at the end. I couldn't see I'm getting buried with orders, show seasons here, and I'm just got so much work to do. It just became very hard for me to just put my head down and, and get to work. I had to learn that. That was a thing that needed to be learned in my head. So I would say now I'm more apt to do things that I may not want to do. You know, like, like people talk about going to the gym. It's all a mindset. People don't want to go to the gym, but when they go to the gym, they get addicted to it. And then they, they get ripped or whatever. It's kind of the same deal. You, you get, you get it in your head to where you need to do this, go do this, get on a schedule and get up early, work this many hours. And then you have an hour or two to go to bed and do that seven days a week and then you get in a rhythm and it becomes much easier to do for the rest of the time. So just being able to keep myself motivated, keep myself disciplined and uh, getting the work done was something that I learned. And I'm very happy to learn that doing motivating and disciplining was something that I didn't really want to do that day. Yeah. It's funny that you, you talk about, you know, you could literally walk out whenever I was talking to a lady at my my son's basketball practice the other day. And she's like, so what is it that you do? I'm like, oh, I sell fishing lures. She's like, well, 
where do you do that? I'm like, literally right at home. She's like, so what does a day look like for you? Like, what time can you go to work? I'm like, I don't know, whenever I want to go to work. Like, I can literally show up at 9, 10, 11. I mean, whatever, as long as I get, you know, the work done. And she's like, well, that's got to be really great. And I'm like, yeah, except, you know, like I've had days where I get out in the shop at 6 and I don't get out of the shop until 11 o'clock at night. You know, I mean, I'll eat and I might see the kids for a little bit, you know, but those those are things where, you know, I I mean, that's just the reality of it. Brad, you can jump in. You know the reality of it. I'm you you know, you're busy catching up on spring orders right now. There's no like normal set days. So, you know, much as you mentioned, Chase, if you're not a very disciplined person, it can like time can get away from you for sure. Yeah, for sure. It's very easy to sit on when you go to lunch and you go in and you sit down, and you're taking your lunch break or whatever, and then you get on your phone, and you start scrolling, and then you're like, wow, I am being so lazy and and not good right now. And you just shut the phone off and run out there and get back in the shop. That was that was very, very tough, but I definitely got it dialed in early, thank goodness, and and quit being somewhat lazy, as I would say. Because there's definitely definitely those days, you know it too. You feel good, you you work good, it feels great. And the next week, you're like, gosh, I don't want to do that again, but I need to. But I could probably get away with, with not doing it for at least another two days or something, you know. And just per- I'm, I'm, I've always been a very bad procrastinator. I still am. That didn't change too much. I got better at not doing it. But even in school, I was a procrastinator. Still am to this day, but I'm better than I was because of that business. I will say, and Brad, I'm betting that you're similar. I'm a very competitive person. And even if I'm not competing against a different company, I'm always competing against numbers, right? Last year's numbers, the year before numbers, you know, that type of stuff. And that always was one of those things that's motivating for me to keep me going is the the competition part of it. Like I said, I'm not competing against somebody else. I'm competing against myself to be a better version of myself and make the business bigger, better every single year. And I can handle the loss. I mean, we've had years that haven't haven't been as good as the previous year, and you know, so I can I can deal with that. But that's that that process is part of it too. You know, you talk about how you're passionate for fishing. If you're one of those people that's passionate about business and running a business, this, I mean, it makes it a lot easier as well. And you know, for me, I like to fish a lot, but I actually do enjoy running a business at, as well. Yeah, and and that shows because you're successful mm-hmm. and. My, mildly, let's not get too carried away. Mildly, come on, you got millions and millions of dollars. We all know it. <laughs> yep, yep. But we all um, do. We all do. We just talked about it, <laughs> right? Well, I only have a million. You guys are multi. Anyways, that though, that's exactly. I had that exact conversation with Brad. I'm like, I didn't realize how much of a competitive person I was until I had this too. And like fishing, I'm very competitive. Like if me and you and Brad go out fishing on a lake, I'm not like trying to beat you guys. But it, but I am at the same time. Like I don't care who actually wins, but I'm still competitive when it comes to fishing. And with with musky bumper, I lost that competitiveness because I'm not super passionate about a business like like you are. So that that was hard for me to motivate myself because I wasn't being competitive with it. But with guiding and just fishing and and TV show stuff, I am competitive. I want I want to catch more fish. I want to catch bigger fish. I want to have I want to have it all, you know, it, it just, I guess that's an ego thing. I don't know, but I don't think if you don't, if you don't want that stuff, then you truly don't love what you're doing. All right. Slide, slide the mic over. Now we got to have a talk with Jeff because <laughs> I think out of the 
two people involved here. We really, really need to try to understand Jeff's psychology here on this one because he already, you know, is was working on Phantom. He's already working on the Bomb Squad stuff, and now he decides he wants to add one more layer to all this. And Brad already told me that this is a full time job as it is. So, Jeff, I really have to ask you, like, what are you thinking? Well, I'm actually reading the purchase agreement right now just to see if I can back out because after hearing Chase talk about it for the last 15 minutes, I'm pretty sure I made a bad decision. Well, time out for one second. Brad and I knew you made a bad decision the minute that you did it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I've had some things, you know, going on in life that have, I guess, put some things into perspective. Health-wise, hand-wise, some physical things and whatever. And yeah, I, I have got the base thing. Yes, this is very much going to be a full-time thing. The board, is, the boards are going to be my priority going forward. It fits a lot more of my current situation. I'm, I've got three little kids and they're not so little anymore. And you get kind of those, those cats in the cradle moments of like, geez, I just spent the entire night painting and clear coating. And with that, I can't, you can't step away from ClearCo. You can't, once you are committed, it's an hour. You know, you, you don't walk away from it. And painting's the same way. You can't just pop in and, and zip it out for 20 minutes and pop out. Like it is, it is a time commitment. And that was a really big struggle for me with, with some of the bait stuff. And I knew it going into it. I didn't, I didn't think it would kind of evolve the way that it has, but you know, I had the opportunity to fish with Chase and Brad a few times this summer. Like Chase had said, for me, it was probably the only few times I fished all summer. But we started, we were talking about bumper and some of the ups and downs that Chase Chase was dealing with. And, and, you know, he had talked about kind of how people are wired and what, what drives them and what makes them passionate about this thing or that thing. And I really, truly do love production. I love, you know, some people love, you know, accountants love numbers and money. I love time and and doing things well and efficient and and figuring out how to best do something. And, and uh, that's that's one thing with the boards that I feel really excited about versus some of the bait stuff. You know, it just it just got to be it, it still is just a lot of little tiny parts where. I don't know if, if my passion has changed for it. I know physically my hands have suffered from the airbrushing. Uh, that's a really big part of it. I hope to keep them going in in some respect because I do I do enjoy it. But I just for me the boards the opportunity came up at at the perfect time, and you know it's it was just a it was an easy conversation. I think we were both in great spots to make the moves that we did. You know I'm I'm a little bit jealous of Chase in the sense that he did what I at least and I think most people listening to this podcast wish they would have did when they were 23, and he just said. I'm going to do what I want and I'm going to follow my gut good, bad, or otherwise I'm making a decision and I'm going to make it work. Failure is not an option for him. He knows that. And he's obviously been plenty successful. So he's going to do it well and back home and, and here in Minnesota too. So yeah, kind of long way around it. You know, the, the boards, they're a good fit for me right now with, with where I'm at in my life and, you know, and getting your, your significant other on board is a big thing too. And, and my wife kind of saw some of the, the things I was going through doing baits, you know, and there's a lot of chemicals when you're dealing with baits and she became less and less a fan of it. You know, the the goal is make more, more and more baits. And with that comes a lot more exposure to paint, a lot more exposure to clear coat. You get 
you know, the township that you're living in, you're living in complaining about the type of business you're running. There's just all sorts of things that I didn't, per, didn't really see your forecast. And, and like I said, the boards came around at a, at a, at a great time. And I think, you know, I am a true believer in the good Lord putting things in, in your path when it's most applicable. And I think it's, it's a really good thing for both Chase and I. And with those kids that you have there, you're going to put them right to work on the saws and stuff right away. I'm guessing, yes, right? Yeah, that's good. Small fingers are much less likely to get cut up. It's so, proven. Plus, they they bounce back so much quicker. You know, they do. I heard uh, before they turn twelve, they grow back fully <laughs> if they cut a finger off. So <laughs> they're like chameleons when you cut their tails off, right? That's right. Exactly. Yeah, very good. Boy, you never know where this podcast is going to take you. <laughs> You know, you know something else, Jeff, not Team Rhino Jeff, but Muskie Bumper, Bomb Squad, and Phantom Jeff. Something, too, that, that you have is you do have a little bit more resources to having help, labor. Yeah, big time. And that, you know, I in watching how Chase operates, it was actually very impressive that he was able to do so much of what he did with his own two hands. And he did have somebody jump in and help, but I am fortunate that I have family close by i've got some awesome uncles who are retired and who love to show up at the shop and you know help out for a free lunch and whatever and so that that definitely gives me a little bit more confidence to avoid some of the pitfalls that that chase ran into and and you know to kind of go back on some of the other points that we had talked about so many guys wanting to get into the industry i i thought the exact same thing I was I I worked for the state of Minnesota for many years after college, and I got a phone call from my roommate and said, "Hey, you know, I'm at Phantom, and and we need help. What would you think about switching?" I thought it was the greatest thing in the world, and it was, and it is for certain reasons. But that was the year where my fishing absolutely didn't about face. And if I fished seven times last year, I would be shocked. You know, I had, when I was working for the state, I had a June, I fished 29 days, you know? And so it's, everybody says, oh, you make your passion, your career, and you don't work a day in your life. Nah, maybe if, if it's guiding, but guiding's work too. You know, everything is work. And if you think that you're going to get a job and every day is going to be the greatest day, it's not. And you don't want to take away from what gives you that drive and gives you that spark. You don't ever want to walk in and and what was once something you loved becomes something you hate. You know, that's, that's a, that's not a good spot to be in. So everybody thinks it's great. You know, everybody wants to be on the pro staff and work the sports show. And that's fun for about the first three times. And, you know, then, it, then it kind of changes and you got to find the parts and pieces of it that you do enjoy when you get into it. But I guess I think people look at it with a very rose colored glasses and think that it's all, all amazing. And, and like I said, there's highs and lows to it, but just don't don't assume it's all amazing. All right. Well, quickly, you know, Jeff, I was just figured we, it's been so last last time we had this conversation was episode two hundred four. We're on episode like two fifty eight right now. I mean, did you want to reserve like number three twelve so that we can you know pass the torch on this one one more time, or are you thinking you're gonna be the one to take musky bumper through the finish line for many many years to come? <clears throat> no, I've uh, I. <laughs> I won't be talking to you next year. I promise. No, I, I am very excited for the future of bumper. You know, chase has, that's the cool thing is chase isn't going away. Like for me, this is still very much a team thing. Chase is chase is a 
a valuable part to this program, as is any guide who's on the water. Because what do guides on the water do? They sit and they think. The best and deepest thinking I ever did was when I was fishing because my mind was free. It didn't feel burdened. And the ideas that come from that of the, hey, you should do this or, hey, you should do that. You know, the other avenues that can go into, this, you know, the walleye boards that that we're working on right now. You know, that's just one additional thing. There's there's other directions that we want to take it. You know, it, so I, I definitely look at this as a this is a long term sustainable thing for me. And, you know, it's it's important to surround yourself with people who are doing it every day, right? I don't get a chance to fish anymore, not as much as I used to, and not in the capacity that that I would like to. But when you surround yourself with people who are able to spend time on the water, they see what's going on on the day-to-day, they can give you so much more valuable information. And you wouldn't think that would apply to something like a measuring board. You'd be surprised what goes through Chase's head, Brad's head, whatever, you know, when they're out there, when they're thinking. And and that's how you grow. And I think that was, that's the biggest challenge to any bait builder, to any whatever is you get so stuck in your routine. You can't break out of your routine. And how do you create the next thing? How do you do, you know, whatever. And, and that was one of the other, it was a blessing that I was so busy and am so busy with the baits, but it it became a challenge for me because I just felt like I had never, I never had time to develop the next thing. And so to have, you know, Chase available, Brad available to keep pumping in ideas and hopefully grow this. That's, that's the ultimate goal. I think, I think there's another part to this, Jeff, and it's interesting. And I think this happens a lot in our industry, not only in Muskie, but I think in a lot of different industries. And that is people start a business but did they start a real business that's going to grow and expand and become something real? I don't know how to explain this. Large and valuable. Valuable and, and large. Or are you just creating a job? Because you could start a business just to have a job. But what is it that you want to do? What do you want to accomplish? And I think a lot of people don't look at it that way. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's a lot of reasons people start a business. There are a lot of people that, like I said, they'll scale a business to... Uh, great heights and there's other ones that will just create create a business to have a job and un- unfortunately i don't want to belittle anybody in the musky industry but like the the niche that we're in in most cases these businesses scale to a job don't you agree brad i mean they're they're typically not scaling to incredible heights within the musky industry yeah and, and that's what i was trying to say and obviously there's ways around that right but if you look at how many people try to get into this industry and think that they're going to have something worth value at the end of the day, five years from now, 10 years from now, it's not that easy. I don't want to paint a picture that you can't do it because anybody can do it, but you're going to have to have a lot of pieces of that puzzle fall together for you. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's, let's move on with Jeff over here. Jeff, I want to speak at you a little bit. So if somebody's listening and they're a retailer or they work in a shop or whatever, and they're looking to add some of your products, why don't you speak to them as to how they can get in touch with you to get Musky Bumper more widely distributed? Sure. I mean, email is the easiest one. Contact through the website. Right now, it's just Jeff Bumper at Gmail. You know, and if they they reach out that way, obviously, I'll get, get whatever they need. If it's Musky stuff, walleye stuff, whatever. Social media is 
always good as well, but email is a little bit more organized. I am definitely drinking out of a fire hose right now. I am learning very much on the fly and Milwaukee is real close. So it's been a little bit of a, a flood, but you know, as we kind of do through these first two or three weeks of the transition and and I get my head wrapped around all that there is here, you know, things will start to get easier. But yeah, it's 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 been a good transition. And if guys need to get a hold of me, Jeff Bumper at gmail.com is the easiest way. All right. The other question I want to go with you, Jeff, is this is musky bumper. You had you know spoken a couple times about walleye and like what what is the you know the future looks like? I'm assuming that's one of those paths that Chase probably dabbled in some, but maybe he didn't take it all away. Are there other things that you're looking to expand into as well? I mean, that's always the goal, right? You know, to try and figure out is, is there a market and and where is that market and how do you break into it if you're if you're not from around the area or whatever. You know, that's that's really what we've been spending a lot of time discussing, you know, hoping for. You know, I I, as it stands right now, will be plenty busy with, with the musky side of it, you know, and that's a great thing. That's a, that's a good problem for me to have. But I also, you know, being that this is a long-term career for me, I want to start to figure out, okay, how do I take that next step? What is the next step? Is it, you know, walleye boards, which, which Chase had been selling last year. And, and I know Jeremy sold as well. Is it, you know, might it be panfish boards? Might it be, who knows what else, you know, that's, you know, sturgeon is another thing that's coming up here in the spring that that we're starting to you know think about. So there's there's all those different things, and and I definitely operate with the mentality of okay, how else can I use this material? How else can I use the tools that I have at my disposal to make the next thing? And and I really enjoy that. That is the part of work that I truly truly enjoy. Is do I you know can I recycle this? Can I repurpose some of this? How do I create a a better mousetrap using what I've already got at my disposal. So yeah, the, the future is definitely bright. I, I don't feel I have a short shortage of uh, directions to turn. I will say my absolute number one focus with this is to make sure that the musky market is, is serviced accordingly, that it has the supply that it needs. I've seen it happen and I will admit I'm guilty of it as well where you want to try and do everything for everyone and you go a million different directions. And instead of doing one thing well, you do seven things poorly. So I want to make sure that Bumper is what it always has been, that when guys want it, they're available. And then we'll once we get that uh, taken care of, we'll go from there. So I'd, I would like to just add in, if if anybody has anything that would be perceived as instability within Musky Bumper, I have no doubts that Jeff will take Musky Bumper to the next level. <clears throat> Jeff, I've known you for, I don't know, 10 years now, and I also know that, you know, there's very few people within the musky industry that will work harder than Jeff. So if anybody is concerned about that, it's, I definitely wouldn't be worried about that. I think Musky Bumper is in good hands, Just so just to kind of clear that up a little bit. Yeah, without a doubt. Jeff, when I was thinking about selling it, Jeff was the first person on my mind because we had already talked about it a little bit, but didn't really get into that serious conversation ever. And that is one thing that I know about Jeff is I work hard, but Jeff definitely works harder than me. And it's because he will go without sleep for a month if he needs to. And one day he'll crash, I'm sure, but he will do it. He might be a mess, might be a train wreck the whole time, but he's going to get the work done. 
And exactly what we were just talking about is as growing this business. I know Jeremy wanted me to grow the business. So when I looked at the numbers and the amount of hours he was working, I thought, oh yeah, I can, I can grow that thing. No problem. And, and I, I did grow it a little bit, but once I started growing it and it started getting a little overwhelming for me, I kind of got the, 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 I would call it the smoke, the smoke and mirrors of, of looking forward and you're like growing it, but I'm so buried with this now. I can't, I can't continue to grow it. So I kind of backed off a little bit. And that is one thing that Jeff is going to be able to do. He's going to be able to fulfill orders quicker, I'm assuming. And I know he will be. And then he will be able to grow the brand as well. So I'm excited to see what he he's able to come up with. But when you have three kids at home, you know, you've got a little bit different motivation. I can stay out in the shop a heck of a lot longer, so I don't have to deal with them. Um, so <laughs> I can't, I can't say that I've ever done that myself. You know, I I would never (laughs) hang out in the shop just to avoid all the noise and nonsense in the house. Four of them running around. I get real busy right around bedtime, especially (laughs) if the bath and a bath night. So no, it's, you know, it's just one of those, one of those things where like Chase said, it's easy to get for anybody in, in any industry, when you start getting buried, you don't know which way to turn. And that can be, a, that's just a really challenging spot to be in. And, you know, I, I'm lucky, like I said, I have, I have some resources at home to help get through those tough times. It's not going to be easy right out of the gate. I know that we all know that. And once we, once we get the ball rolling, I'm very, very excited to see where this ball goes. I, I do want to jump in real quick, Jeff, and clarify something just in case some of the guys that did help me were listening. I truly, truly appreciate the the couple of my buddies that on the week they're working all week and they come over and they're they're helping me on the weekends. My buddy Doug, to be extremely particular, he got into musky fishing with me and we fished all the time. And then I got into guiding, didn't have much time for Doug to get fish with me. And then I got musky keeper and I started really, I don't know how to say it better than just saying really screwing up his schedule. Doug would work Monday through Friday, his real job. And Saturday and Sunday, he'd be coming over and helping me get, helping me get caught up. I was working Monday through Sunday through those busy times when he was coming over, but I was taking up his fishing time. And of course, when it's a really good friend like that, they're not going to want you to pay them. So I felt horrible about that. So I'm very excited to free him up, free my buddy Troy and my dad and just just everyone that's helped me and Brad helped me an absolute absurd amount this summer, as well as running his business. So, I want to say thank you to all those guys for helping me through all that stuff. Well, Brad, with all the work you put in, I assume you just took at least ten percent. I mean, I'm assuming you're going to invoice Chase for your hours last summer. Is that right? Now that the sales gone through, I don't get paid with musky ma'am tackle. So what's the difference? Terry <laughs> <laughs> yeah, will probably invoice me for. <laughs> For the for the years living here, my rent, and then also taking Brad out of her shop, I'm sure I'll get an invoice someday. Wow, that's not going to be fun. Just yeah, I wouldn't go spend that money just yet, Brad or uh, Chase. No, no, I gotta wait. I gotta wait till you call me. All right. No, I, you know what I, <laughs> you know what I look at, Jeff is, you know, Chase is a great friend, and he's my business partner in the TV show, and as well as Jeff Schulte. I mean, he's a great friend, and. If I can help somebody succeed, and if that means a little bit of sweat and blood, I'm all in. And uh, and that's the bottom line for me. I mean, I love watching people succeed in business. So it's cool. I'm, I'm glad that I got to be a part of it. 
All right. So Chase, I got a couple of questions here, I think, before we wrap this up. So Chase, what's next for you? Where, where, what are you doing now? Well, what's next for me? I wasn't expecting to be on the podcast tonight, but since it's coming out, it'll come out Wednesday, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Hopefully I have a post out about guiding. So I will be doing full-time guiding 12 months a year now. Whereas last time I did just my springs and winters in West Virginia, and I guided a little bit in Minnesota, not too much because I was really focused on the show. This year, I'm going to be guiding all spring and all winter in West Virginia and Ohio. And then I'm going to be guiding all summer in Minnesota. And most likely, I'll be mainly around Leech Lake and some around here in Brad's house. So Miltona and DL and Pelican, all those but probably mainly on Leech Lake and surrounding bodies there. All right. And, but if you're listening, you follow me on social media, just kind of keep a heads up for that and look, I'll have a fair game for everybody. You can get me on social media, at Chase Gibson fishing on Instagram, and then just Chase Gibson, Chase Gibson at on, on Facebook. And then my cell phone number is 304-816-6607. Feel free to call anytime of night you want. I'm probably awake. That's good. I'm going to call you a couple times at night. Just hang up and then dial again. Play that game That's a little good. bit. That's fine. I already do that to you, but you never answer anyways. No, no, I definitely wouldn't. I see Chase Gibson show <laughs> up and I'm like, yeah, that's never going to happen. Well, you're, you're talking about that personal, uh, that personal phone number. I'm I'm fortunate enough that when Brad gave me your contact, he gave me that personal Stupid number. Stupid, Brad. It doesn't matter which one I call. You don't answer. I don't I get can, it. I cannot trust Brad with anything. It's literally been an emergency. I've been I've been like, wow, I'm out of, of gold member red October tubes. I need to call Jeff. And then you don't answer. So it's it's very unfortunate. But it I'll, is. I'll it is. Yep. All right. Let's move on to something a little more serious. The Milwaukee Muskie Expo is this coming weekend. Do do we find Muskie Bumper there? And is it Muskie Bumper with Jeff or is it Muskie Bumper with Chase? I'm hoping nobody's got any boards there at all, so people have to come and buy them from me, but you know, that's that's where I'm going with it, selfishly. You're not you're not that fortunate enough. Muskie Bumper will still be at Milwaukee, Minnesota, and PA this year. And I will be running those three booths. Really? Jeff's gonna trust you with that? He's got to. I mean, it only took you a year to burn it down, and now he's gonna just give you the keys to the car all over the country. I wouldn't do that, Jeff. Are you not? <laughs> we do not we won't be accepting any cash. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Oh uh, yeah. You never know. Like I said before, you never know where this, this conversation is gonna go. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on uh, to get that information out there. You know, I, I don't want to take this the wrong way. Many of us, I mean, I very much enjoy being in the muskie industry. I know Brad does as well. I know Chase enjoys certain aspects of it. Obviously, this wasn't the aspect for him. And so, there is, you know, we don't want this to be doom and gloom on the muskie industry at all. We just, you know, there's sometimes, as Chase found out in this instance, that it was different than what he perceived it to be. And we kind of wanted to just show people that, you know, we'll, we'll call it, I don't know, we won't call this necessarily a failure, but it, it was a, just a different path. Chase thought this was something that he wanted, and it turned out that it wasn't something that he wanted. There's many successful companies within the muskie industry, and, you know, there's three three of us here that are, that are still, you know, pushing that dream, and we want to thank everybody for their support, because without all of your support, None of this would be possible. So I hope this wasn't perceived as like a negative talk about musky fishing and businesses and industries. 
just kind of showing you the the real side to it. It's not all, you know, fun and games. So before you decide that you want to, you know, quit your stable paycheck and jump head first in the musk industry, you know, maybe take take a list, you know, pros and cons. It's simple as that. And, you know, weigh it out and make sure it's the right decision for you. So with that being said, as long as there's nothing else that you guys need to add in here, I want to just thank you all again for listening to this Backlash podcast. Thank you, our guests, Chase and Jeff, this week. Brad, as always, for coming on and host, co-hosting with me. And we'll see, hopefully, many of you at the Milwaukee Muskie Expo. I believe it's the 16th, 17th, and 18th in West Bend, Wisconsin at the Washington County Fair Park. So thanks again for listening. And we will be with, uh, next episode will be the live one that we uh, record from the show. So we'll uh, catch everybody again with a new episode next week. Mm-hmm.